0: guy gets up to heaven and he he asks what's it peter whoever's guarding the gates he's like did i waste my life making web comics for people it and sounds like snbc probably it wasn't snbc was a different one Somebody, okay and uh peter says thousands of people read those comics and then the guy's smiling in the next panel he's like you wasted thousands of people's lives <laughs> <laughs> oh, scotch Shandigan. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 229 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam I'm, I'm a spooky meatbag robot. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And yeah, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is October 24th, 2019. <sighs> Before we get started, we have a warning anything that can happen on this show, especially swears, curses. Curses. It's well, Halloween, so it's we're Halloween. coming up on curse time. Uh, we'd also like to thank. Our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net who uh, help us keep our uh, mic juices flowing. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about bleeding. Bleeding your radiators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> so if you live in an old house like I do – assume you guys – well, I guess Adam, you live in an old house. But you guys have updated air. We, have, got that, we have a geotherm. You got geotherm. So – we're living back in radiator times in my yeah. house. Okay, So what that means is you have this huge pot of water in the basement. A pot of water. A pot of water. And the pot of water <laughs> – You got to bleed your radiator for the pot of water. Well, yeah. So the pot of water boils, okay, shoves boiling hot liquid through these pipes that are distributed throughout your entire house into these objects called radiators, which radiate heat mm-hmm. based on the boiled water. Most people know what these look like. It's sort of like a weird rib cage. Sort of a spine. It's very spooky. Yeah. yeah. Well and, and even if you don't have one in your house and experience one in real life, you've probably played Half Life Two. In which and case you ripped, ripped it off one. from a wall with the grab gun and shot it out of the wall. The strongest weapon man. in Half-Life Two is a radiator. Yes. Yeah. It's a bullet shield, it's a projectile. Yep. So so imagine that. Okay? Just think about that. Although the saw blades that are for some reason everywhere are also pretty good. And that you for some reason always pick up perfectly sideways. Yeah. Yeah, it's useful, very useful. It probably would still hurt if you got hit on the flat side, though. That's true. Being slapped by a saw blade is probably just as bad as being well, not just <laughs> no, definitely not just. Uh, it's uh, humiliating. though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you uh, if you have radiators in your house, now is the time. If you're in you know the wintry zone, to bleed your radiators. So what that means is there's this little nozzle. Okay, this is a homeowner's tip. Okay, little nozzle on your radiator, and you have to get it. literally. It's called a radiator key. Okay, it's this really weird looking. Uh, a skeleton key, I assume. It's basically – yeah. It's basically like a little skeleton key thing uh, and you, you pop it into that socket, OK? And you twist it and then the radiator will hiss and then start shooting out water, OK? And mm. the important thing is – None of this seems wise so I far. assume it's boiling. So the water's not boiling unless – It's like oh Unless it. it is. So you make so it sure it's be. off. Um, okay. And so what, what you need – the reason you need to do this is because if you don't, then the spookiest thing happens, which is in the middle of the night – the radiators knocking. clang. Yeah. And they clang so loud. Oh, that's what causes that. Yes. You got to get the blood out of them. Well, you, you got to get the air them. out of them. They just, uh, need, they just need blood. You don't want air in there. I They're see. Just full yeah, so blood. You're not bleeding them. You're suffocating you're de-airing them. You're de airing them. What's well, the word for sucking hair out of something? You're deflating their lungs. <laughs> yeah, you got to <laughs> deflate your radiators. Okay. You got to deflate them. So uh, if you don't do this, though, then you'll have what I experienced the other night, which was uh, exceptionally loud clanging sort of at regular intervals as you have the heat on in your house to stop from, you know, becoming so cold that you die. So you have to choose between freezing to death and being scared to death. Being scared. Uh, cool. Being uh, so make sure you bleed your radiators, folks, so you don't have to worry about that stuff. And that concludes our homeowner's tips. <laughs> <segment>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, speaking of bleeding, okay, there's a blood drive going on mm. here in, I guess, our building, our building or something. Yes. I, yes. I think it's tomorrow, yes. I believe. So, you get free cookies. I keep well. This is like you I keep get imagining a free cookie They have a they have pictures or flyers <laughs> posted around the building of the cookie monster, right? And mm-hmm. the cookie monster is there, covered in cookies, and it's like free cookies. And then underneath it's like if you donate blood, blah blah blah. It's like man, I really wish that they had. Cause I mean, it's it's Halloween, right? Like I wish mm-hmm. that they had like maybe put red glowing eyes on the cookie monster <laughs> and been like been like give me blood, give me blood for, for cookies. cookies. <laughs> Your blood for a cookie, right? Uh, yeah, because the timing. Yeah, it is weird, right? Because the timing of this blood drive is so perfectly spooky, and yeah. and the rest of the of our building currently is just all spooked out. I love, and the fact gone, that the cookie monster wants my blood is pretty yeah. awesome. Like that's pretty fucking metal. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, that's what he's been doing the whole time. You know what I mean? Like the reason he's got all those cookies is so he can attract so anybody. He can get blood. He's a vampire. <laughs> Where did yeah. the cookie monsters actually? <laughs> or maybe he just because he eats so many cookies, he's he's. The constant threat it. of hypoglycemic attacks mm. and stuff. So he needs to get some other substances in his fresh body. Blood. And the only one that can compete with so many cookies is just fresh blood. Mm-hmm. Or, also, maybe that's how he gets insulin. Or. Probably. From fresh blood. Yeah. Perhaps the cookie monster is the source of most of the blood in you know in uh, blood donations and whatever. Mm. He's got to eat the all, the all those cookies. The source of the destination. The source. Yeah. He's got to eat all those cookies so he can – you know, get his blood back. So you're saying – They like, give you a cookie after okay. you donate blood. So now I get a needle in my arm. What's actually happening is that the cookie monster is you get bleeding a car accident. through me. You, well, you into get in – the, the, <laughs> Into the blood bag? That, no, you get in a car accident. Oh my god. I've lost some blood. Pints. You go to the hospital. You get a blood transfusion. Where did it come from? Probably the cookie monster. Mm-hmm. So wait, where's Where's all of our blood going when we donate it? Uh, well, no. It's, it's just a proportion <laughs> thing. Most of it is probably coming from the cookie monster. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you know what, what I mean? mean? I don't think you know it's all it tracks. I'm not <laughs> right. tracking it, but I'm into it. So, anyway, it's not a free cookie if you got to give up blood to to get it. There's I think no freedom. The isn't free, Seth? Yeah. This more of the story. It costs a pint of blood. It costs a yep. pint five. Uh, let's talk about leashes. Yeah. And other news, in dog owning tips for today. Peep peep peep. So, so tips. Uh, my wife and I've had this this harness for our dog yogurt for a long time like a climbing harness it will kind of it goes on his front wraps around his chest and it's got the attachment for the leash is actually in the front of his chest right? that seems like the wrong place to put it. it seems like the wrong place to put it unless you have a dog that is insane and always pulls on the leash because what happens is they, they apply, turn themselves around they turn themselves around <laughs> so we've actually we've been walking Yogi with with not with this leash for a long time and it's always just this sort of hilarious and ridiculous affair where he's sort of choking himself to death we can't get him to calm down he's just sort of a monster right We've taken him to training. We've done a bunch of work with him, and it it maybe dropped it by like five percent. I think Seth could attest to this too. Um He's mildly calmer. Yeah, uh, but not. He's much. a lot better in uh, in in the house social situations. Than That's because of be. the drugs. But yeah. so when <laughs> He's he goes also on weed, yeah, when he goes, he goes for walks, but the drugs don't help going. No, not at all. The the world is just too exciting, and so uh, my wife yesterday rediscovered because we've had it and there's kind of like a USB drive for the, the Bluetooth USB thing. We've had it in the closet now for. Literally probably a year and a half. We bought it specifically for this purpose. And then I think put it on him once, but put the thing on the wrong spot where you just put you can attach it to the back like you normally would. Yeah. And we were like, What's this about? I don't get it. Didn't work, right? So you just threw it in the closet. So we were like, ah, oh, whatever, we'll deal with this later. So a year and a half later, uh, she puts it on him yesterday, takes it for a walk, perfectly behaved. <laughs> Walked just right next to her the whole time, not pulling on anything. Because uh, he couldn't get the results he wanted. Yeah, because he couldn't pull because as soon as he started pulling, then he would get sort of like he, just he would apply around. torque and start turning, right? <laughs> um and it was amazing. So uh, as soon as he pulls, he's now no longer facing the thing he was excited about. Yeah. Uh huh. He's yeah, just he's, always facing his owner and so, he, <laughs> and so he ends up just he ends up just hanging out next to us in a very relaxed but he he doesn't even like the the sort of the the mind blowing excitement that he has is also just sort of evaporated. He's just chill. On. He can actually like participate in a walk. Hmm. As I feel like there's a lesson in here. It's like you know, pe- people in this case, dog people, mm-hmm. you know, are are ju- are very much a product of their circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know what what somebody does is dependent on whether or not doing that thing will flip them around so that they're facing the wrong direction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah. Because if you're trying to if you're trying to diet, and then every time you ate something you weren't supposed to, it just caused you to turn around. You'd be like, fuck. Well, <laughs> yeah. It would be very disorienting, and I think you'd probably stop. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Just stop. Uh, just stop doing that thing. Yeah, a piece fair. of cake. That's hilarious. It was actually. good. It's very good. So, yeah, <laughs> technology is a beautiful thing. That is technology. It is technology. That is the thing about technology is people always think it has to be fancy. No, you know? it does not. It's just, it's just moving the clip to the front. yeah the clip That's to a, the front. Technology is just a new way to do things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some studio news. What we got? GDC. Game Developers Conference. Ah, yes. Uh, we were planning our GC trip, as we do, because it's now four, four, five months out, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. March. We got to start looking at hotels. We got to start looking at tickets. We got to look at plane tickets. We got to get over there. We, we got to get gotta over stay there. stay there. Now, historically, uh, in, we've gone to GDC and stayed at what was called the Indy Hostel, mm-hmm. where we, we bunked up in a mildew, mildewy hotel in a tiny shoebox room mm-hmm. sharing a bed. That was uh, actually fine. The, Except for the, the s- staying was fine. It was, there was fine. A community ex- toilet that someone someone shat all over it, destroyed <laughs> <laughs> and I think if that hadn't happened, and the my, experience would have. I think much. I had to throw a coat away when I got home because it was so mildew infested. Yeah, Adam yeah. was Adam got, covered in mold. Adam got yeah. a skin disease or something yeah, that from was, it. It. That that was not it. was so, from a blast. So and too. it also cost us still, despite all of that, one hundred fifty dollars a night. Yep. per person. Yeah, I so, mean, so we, for the room. So that was that was one experience. We also stayed yeah. at an Airbnb where the the only there were two ways to get out of this Airbnb. One was to walk through a completely unlit alley um, with random people kind of like aimlessly wandering mm. through it. It's not a nice part of town. Uh, or we, you could walk out the front and walk literally through a Chinese restaurant. I don't know why In the kitchen, the apartment opened into a Chinese restaurant, but it did. It was um, a nice apartment, which I mean, easy access to ch- access to Chinese food, which was really mm-hmm. good, but a little bit weird mm-hmm. still. Uh, and then otherwise, we've stayed at uh, a hotel that is extremely expensive, but but still uh, on the cheap end for hotels. On the cheap end for hotels in San Francisco, it's still bad and no air conditioning. I think or the total like is that. still like with all the taxes and fees, night, it's like four hundred dollars a night. Yeah, yeah, per room. Uh, so because everything in San Francisco costs way too damn much. It's a lot, uh, a, lot a lot, especially for the because if it cost a lot and was good. And that would You'd still be, like, be a yeah. problem, but like, but you could understand why it was. These happening. are five star prices for for two star hotel in a rough neighborhood sort of yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, so we kind of had the conversation where we're like, "All right, do we all need to go? Mm-hmm. Because it's a it's an undertaking. Uh, so I think this time we're not going to send the whole team. We're just going to probably send two people. Mm-hmm. Strike, you know, strike team. team. It. Yeah." Strike team it. Maybe get slightly nicer accommodations. Probably not, though. To be uh, honest, probably not. Though <laughs> um, probably the same hotels last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so so I'll probably be going if my talks get get approved. Mm-hmm. And then Adam and Sam are still waiting to hear back on some of their talks. Yeah, our first mm-hmm. rounds got rejected, so we're waiting on round two. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just it. It's something that that always comes back every year where we're just like, why is this there? In San Francisco, yeah. Like, yeah. why is this? Because there's people flying from all around the world, mm-hmm. uh, and they're coming to San Francisco, and a lot, of, and I'd say a huge number of the people at GDC are, are indie game developers. Yes, you yeah, know, like, like, students, people yeah. who are trying to get into it. Yeah, You're like staying in in literally one of the most expensive cities in the world. Uh, to go to this conference, like why? Why does it? It's wild. It could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it isn't there. Have been, I mean, there's been increasing calls for that the last couple of years, in particular. It's too. mostly coming out of the indie pool, though. It is. And so the question you have to ask is is one is probably there's a contract involved, right? I'm assuming. Well, that- but it's also I think there's a logistical thing here, right? Because because they're because this conference has thirty thousand attendees yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. Um, and uh, and so. The Switching of, that. Yeah, switching... It's trying to find a new place uh, and mm-hmm. and manage all of the technical and logistical overhead for organizing an event then, and now having it in a new space. Uh, I mean, I can see why they wouldn't, you know. It well, not only that, it. but I mean... I, when I say, like, why is it there? I mean, I know why it's there. I'm just mad about it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's like there's a lot of tech companies there. I'd say a, a, probably, I don't know, a quarter of the people at GEC are from, like, startups it's trying around. to sell ads yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And, like, those companies are all based in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's close to home for lots and lots of studios and tech companies and, and whatever. I, I get it. I don't have to like it. Yeah, yeah, but it's the case that every year we spend just a significant. I mean, it's a it's a huge hit to our bottom line for the month that we go to Mm GEC, like a huge hit. Um, And and we've always just thought, well, this is a valuable thing to to do, basically as a team building exercise, because then we're all there together. You know, we get to experience stuff, whatever, as an educational opportunity, because we can get our talks and stuff, and then as a as a place to do business. Um, But what we kind of decided this year was that the team building stuff we can do anywhere. In fact, we could do it in a really comfortable place, yeah, which' like a cabin in the woods, yeah, exactly so we get, so we can just kind of <laughs> just forget that piece, and then the learning part we don't go to talks anymore last year, I went to zero talks. we didn't get passes for we didn't for even get talks. passes we to couldn't go to talks. we couldn't go to talks even if we wanted to just do the vault afterward now yeah, because we all just got the expo passes um and so the the reason we were there was then just to do business, and if that's the case, we'd neither need we don't need we just don't need the whole team. The whole team for um, that, yeah. and so then we can kind of try to go a little cheaper, trying to go for a shorter duration if we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we had such a good time at PAX Dev. Yeah, PAX Dev was fun in Seattle this with year. Two that, people, just with two people, but we had such a good time in terms of uh, with the quality of people we met. We were doing just awesome stuff. The mm-hmm. talks were sort of the same caliber and just tended to be good. Um, and there's plenty of that sort of you know mingling time. And then all mm-hmm. the business partners were also there too. Yeah, so it was and Seattle those, like, wasn't uh, cheap, but it was not close to even. It was it was, it was it was one of the things that actually probably cost about the same in terms of our in terms of where we were staying. I think it really was about the same cost. But, but it was a nice quality. hotel, and we were we were staying in the building of the conference in the out. same damn building. Which if we were to do that, at, we're gonna we're to stay to, a mile away. Yeah, it's yeah. Just yeah. And if, we were, if we were actually stay within a few blocks even of the of the of Moscone and San what Francisco, fifteen hundred a night. It Eight, was like eighteen hundred a night before taxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're talking like twenty five hundred a night mm. to stay yeah, within like a couple wild. blocks of of the convention center for GC. What the hell? Yeah. No thanks. That's for one room. Of course, if you bring the whole team, you need yeah. multiple. Yeah. Who who can swing that? And actually, one thing we also learned was that there's a there's an extremely nice hotel a block away from the convention center where all of the AAA studios go. Like that's the that's yeah. the one that was almost like two thousand dollars a night. Yep. So it's there's a there's a whole weird world there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so probably only two of us are going. Yep. I don't know. Just an interesting side. side note. Uh, as far as level head goes, we are two weeks into our four week patch cycle. Um, we haven't done any direct new features this whole time. It's not true. You built a jingle box. Not yet. You didn't? Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I built the art for it. It's, so literally, sure. it's literally been uh, just bug fixes, mm-hmm. small tweaks and improvements and, and optimizations this whole time. Um, we're working on uh, Nintendo Switch and Xbox stuff, and there's a lot of optimizations that have to happen there. Right. Lots got of, a lot of cert. Assert- yeah, things to stuff. get through CERT, a lot of updates to Rumpus, a lot of updates to our web features. Got to get some things changed with the game engine so that we actually can implement some of the things required mm-hmm. for CERT. There's just yeah. all kinds of stuff. And, and lots of those things actually do spill over in, in positive ways back into the just the PC version of the game, especially things like optimization and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So we're, we're kind of now, since we're nearing the, the latter half of this patch cycle, now it's going to be a little bit more focused on getting – you know some some new toys into the game and stuff like that um but it's definitely going to be the case that that you know from from here to launch we're going to see a lot slower pace of new stuff and a and a much faster pace of Fixing. just general improvements yeah. and, and fixes yeah. um and it feels I mean it feels good to just be like making it just better yeah well, just I mean, like all the stuff that's there better yeah you know? the reality is that as you as you prep for a launch that's going to be going out to you know, the, the hope is, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Millions. Millions, millions, millions even. People, then the reality of having sort of extraneous bugs floating around becomes very painfully yeah. obvious, which is that. Because like, you hear about it a million times. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not going to be good. So and, yeah. yeah, And the goal here is essentially to to free ourselves up for post-launch, yes. where if the game does well and we're able to keep working on it, we want to be able to keep working on it. Um, but if all we have is a trillion bug reports and yeah. crashes and whatever else, then guess what our time is going into and moderation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we all we also have to over these next couple of months, we have to put in time into developing or updating our moderation systems and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's weird because like it, these are like the, the non sexy parts of game development. Right. It's just like you just got to clean stuff and yep. move things around, yep. and uh, but it has to happen. Still makes the game better. Uh, so that's that's all coming. And we will have some new some new items, uh, like the jingle box, which we announced in the uh, developer blog. So that's all happening. And then, Sam, you're working on some uh, art refactoring, art updates. Yeah. Well, so the, the biggest point here is that the campaign screens, where you fly around in space, and you're flying around visiting all these different level orbs, um, that space background has actually been – it wasn't mis- – it was sort of between a placeholder and a final asset, if that makes sense. It's, it's good enough that I'd be fine if it ended up having to go through because of other stuff. Um but it it's not as as per our discussion last week, it's not doing work. And what remember that is it doesn't it doesn't additionally set the tone. It doesn't tone. really inspire. It doesn't inspire it's just it space. It's just space. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have an opinion, right? And I think um, a lot of the learnings over the last year have been that the more opinions your art can have in some ways, then oftentimes the more reaction you get the more enjoyable it is to look at mm-hmm. just sort of straight up and so yeah so like pit people still for me is just like that's yep. the one i always think of because when of you get into that town opinionated that art is yeah, you get into that wild. town and the buildings are dancing like three layer cakes and uh-huh, they're like uh-huh, flopping all yep. over the place so, so good so, good. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't need to be like that but it is yeah it's amazing and so uh we started we're adding these landmarks into the campaign so the idea with the landmarks is that they're just they're little interesting objects floating around in space basically that uh, sort of each provoke a question of like, what the heck, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but more importantly, from a player standpoint, actually allow you to know where the hell you are because previously the map um, has no identifiable characteristics, right? And so you couldn't actually tell like, oh yeah, that was back over there because there was no over there to reference because the space background was the same. The orbs are the same, et cetera. And so the landmark system, uh, we started developing and getting everything ready for that. And, this kind of goes back to what we've talked about as far as refactoring, which is when you're refactoring code, um, oftentimes you'll go in to fix, like, a bug. And then realize while you're fixing the bug that, oh, okay, no, in order to really fix this, I got to go deeper. Go deeper. Right. There's, like, there's Band-Aids and then there's preventative maintenance. you yeah. are saying, like, how do I keep this kind of a bug from happening just repeatedly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sort of like if you break a bone and then the bone sticks out of your skin. It like, right. just, like, shoots out there and then you put a bandage over it and you're like.
1: This, Te- is, this technically, is technically
0: fixed. Technically, yep. yes, my arm is floppy, but <laughs> yeah. I have put a Band-Aid on yeah, it. So but the, it's not bleeding. So <laughs> the interesting was the, the intent was to work on these landmarks, right? And then we got to a point where the landmarks are developed enough that we could we could see a few of them in the game world. We could kind of get some feel get some prototype feels about what they were going to be doing and how they're going to work. But really, the, all they did to me was heighten what what actually needed to be done now, which is that that star background needed to be destroyed. Uh, and in fact needed to be just rebuilt with an opinion and with sort of the direction of where the game's gone. And so now what I've been working on is this is this sort of cartoonish, strange rendering of space, right? That is just a fun thing to look at so that when you pop into that campaign map um, that you hopefully just go, oh, because there's this situation back there. Yeah, you, well, you feel like you're in a place. Yeah. you know, And it's purposeful as opposed yeah, to just a, a big, Space is literally the most boring place right, that there so is. Boring. It's just empty nothingness. It's the mm. empty garbage between the interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the previous idea was let's put interesting stuff in there. And so then the new one was why don't we just make the whole thing, make the whole thing, thing interesting. <laughs> because so like, like you have interesting landmarks plus an interesting background. Right. Because yeah it's space, but who gives a shit? And some, put whatever some, I want in there. This is some next well, we should level also shit. say yeah. the main reason that it was space was so that we could minimize how much art had to be put in there. That's true. Which we did do. Which we did do, definitely. There's no art back there. Yep. It's just space. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now now the bill comes <laughs> due. <laughs> so, Or rather, now that we have the time, I can actually go. Now, the real question yeah, exactly here is right. – Yeah, but that is, that is a good pro tip though. If you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to how to put a game together and you're limited on art power, mm-hmm. put it in space. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I that's a game, you yeah. see a
0: lot of space games. Yeah, games. which is actually like I'm, I am filled with regret about my stream game because it's not a space game. Yeah. And I'm having, rookie make, move. I'm having to make art for it. And now I'm thinking, like, maybe I should just fucking burn this down and make space put it, in space. Put it, you know, just switch back. Because <laughs> I, was, I was working on that game called Space Bump. Mm-hmm. The reason I had to stop working on it was because it has a bunch of our, like, proprietary Bscotch stuff right. in the project. So I couldn't make the source code available. But I don't think anybody would necessarily object if I just was like, all right, I'm going to start over, make a space game now so I don't have to do this. Are you going to go back to streaming? Because you have it for a while, right? Yeah, I was actually planning on doing it. On Sunday, which will actually be before this podcast airs. So if you can go back in time after (laughs) hearing about this. Hopefully you're all also in the Discord. Actually, we know for a fact that you're not because there are more of you who listen than are at any given moment active Mm -hmm. in the Discord. If you want to catch those streams, uh, I'll I'll be announcing them in the the Discord. But yeah, I'm probably going to just go ahead and burn down this weird alien gardening game that I was working (laughs) on and switch to a space game because art. Because why not? Because art. Um, Cool. So that's, yeah, and there's also this, this ratcheting fidelity thing, yep. uh, which we, we've talked about in the past, but it's basically that problem where like if you elevate one aspect of your game, elevate meaning just like clearly improve it in some way, yes, then it, it highlights every other thing that hasn't been improved. This yeah, Basically, what happens. I finished one of these landmarks and it was just really cool. Yep. And then I was looking at the scene, and I was like, <laughs> like <"Shit>. well, fuck. That <laughs> 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 makes everything else look terrible. Yeah, yeah now well, i got to go do the huge piece. We've there. had to deal with this with all of our interfaces, too. Because any time, yep. we'd be like, all right, it's time to finally redesign Interface X, right? Yep. And then so Sam would go sit down and do it and be like, okay, now this looks really fucking dumb. Because everything around it looks so different and much mm-hmm. worse. <laughs> like, we can't just do this one. Now we have to also do the rest. Well, I think a lot of, a lot of really good production and design for video games is triage. Yeah. It's just saying, what is the most important thing that needs to be updated yeah. now? What's the and worst not, looking thing? Yeah, What's don't the, worry about all of it, but just like, just get that. But this is that whole idea of the MVP, right? It's yeah. it's the goal. Uh, your goal is to, at any given moment, be able to take advantage of a business opportunity yes. or a launch window or whatever, right? And if you've got a launchable thing because it's sufficient, right? Yep. Then you can, at any given moment, if you're like, fuck, we need to launch next month, you can out. just do it, yeah. right? Um, but, uh, but then now you have... Now you have the ability, as you get more leeway, or get more funding, or get more whatever, right? That you can now replace things and make mm-hmm. things actually the not the not the, I guess the most valuable product instead right. of the minimum well, yeah, vi- viable product. You're never gonna nothing's ever gonna be perfect. Actually, everything is gonna be just about as far from perfect as possible. Oh, yeah. So it's all about just leverage and allocation mm-hmm. of resources. The real question is. Is which we don't know yet is like when are we gonna reveal all this campaign stuff? Yeah, will it be in the next patch or will we just keep making it crazier and crazier and then like well, drop the, it at launch? Yeah, because the nice up. thing about it is that it doesn't need debugging. It's pictures, it, it's which pictures. means we can save it for launch. Because it this yeah. is one of those things too that we're always talking about. Is because it'd be great if we could save some stuff for launch. Yeah, right now so that there's like some exciting big well, so it's change. Terrifying to save anything functional for yeah, launch. Yeah, yeah, and you really shouldn't because yeah. things need to be tested. Yep. But if you can find if if it is something that it's like if it's non functional art assets then you can get away with it maybe mm-hmm. yeah and we do in the case that that by launch the campaign should be fucking great like mm-hmm. all those cool presentations cool art cool yeah, cool that's, cool that's a lot of my focus for the next yeah while um okay well there's one more thing i wanted to talk about before you got we got it. to questions which is destiny 2 oh man all right. so destiny 2 it is free to play <laughs> now i think it's been free to play for a while is this is a bungee game it's bungee game was activision Bungie. Because oh, right, Bungie yeah. was on the back division. Bungie, Bungie was- left. They jumped ship. Did they buy themselves? Yes, they bought themselves back out. Okay. Um, so I tr- I played Destiny 2 to check it out like like a year and a half ago or something like that. It was um, originally only on PlayStation or something, wasn't correct. it? Correct. I, I think so. think original Destiny. Yeah, yeah original Destiny. Um, okay. So I, I played it on PC a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. And it's a loot and shoot, by the way. Yes. Loot shoot. It's so like you an MMO. So like, like Borderlands, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like an MMOE Borderlands, Borderlands space Warframe Situation. thing. So about a year and a half ago, I played it, and and I they had, like, this opening cutscene, and I go in, and I'm, like, doing some stuff. I'm leveling up my character, and I'm like, this game looks great. Like, yeah. it, it's a beautiful game. Um, the story was pretty interesting, all that stuff, and I started playing through. But, like, I've got a bunch of other games that I'm playing, and it didn't, like, hook me, but I could see, like, this is a – like, it's a pretty solid game. So then uh, that was it. Kind of wandered off, did some much stuff. Mm-hmm. Sam and I picked it up again on Sunday, yep. uh, just to check it out because it's free now. It's on Steam, and th- all right. I'm just gonna, pay, I'm just <laughs> gonna, I'm just gonna paint the picture here. Yep. So Sam and I start playing. The first thing that happens is they just drop you into some mission, and you've got a gun, you've got some guns, you've got all these powers and stuff, uh, and they're like, you gotta shoot all these bad guys or some shit like that. I don't really know why. Bad guys are coming mm-hmm. in, you're shooting all of them. And then pretty soon they're like, you got to get to your spaceship. Didn't know I had a spaceship, but you do. So you get to the spaceship. <laughs> so actually, I loved that tutorial. The tutorial was the best part, okay. to be honest. So you get but to yeah. the spaceship, and then the spaceship is essentially your fancy loading screen. Yes. Your spaceship is a loading screen. You're going to be loading a lot. A lot. So you get your spaceship, and they're like, time. it's time to go uh-huh. to the tower, which is like the last bastion of humanity mm-hmm. something. You go to the tower. There's a bunch of NPCs around. There's a bunch of other players around. And they direct you to this one guy who's like the commander of the – He's standing tent. all fancy. He's standing sort of fancily list. with his cape. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and uh, you have your quest log and it's like main quest. You know, talk to this guy. So you talk to the guy. And the guy's like, listen, guardian, which is what you're called. You're guardian. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, guardian. I'm going to need you to perform multiple different types of activities <laughs> until you reach power level 770. That's your main quest. Yep. That's your main quest. You start so at power inspiring level. inspiring that my pants <laughs> almost you just burst at, off my butt. Right. So you start at power level 750 and you get to power level 770 <laughs> by doing various activities. So Sam and I are like, what? What? This is the least inspiring narrative arc uh-huh. I have ever fucking heard. So we start doing our activities. Our first activity is we're going to do a Vanguard strike, mm-hmm. which is where you open your Menu. Yep. You click on a button that says "Do a Vanguard Strike." <laughs> uh, you get into your loading spaceship, mm-hmm. and you load, you load for like two minutes while mm-hmm. you're just like watching your ship just float around, float around in space. You go in, and there's a bunch of like. So now all of a sudden, you're you don't know where you are. You're just doing a Vanguard Strike. There's bad guys. They give you mission, little objective. It's like objective, like go deeper in the tunnel. There's don't there's know like, why. What's what is this tunnel? There's what is voice happening? actors talking the whole time. But we don't, I don't know who they are not. Presumably that means something. Yeah. Uh they're and they're they're clearly referencing like stuff that probably happened in the past or something. Yeah. But, and we Nathan Nathan Philian is in there, he's talking, oh, he's nice. on the radio. I don't know no. what he's talking about. Uh we go and defeat the boss, big scoreboard pops up, and it's like giving you know rankings to uh, mm-hmm. all of us who were in the party. Don't know what any of it means. And then down at the bottom it's like next activity starts in five. It's like, it's like being on Netflix. It's Like on Netflix, right? And then if you if you wait out the timer, then all of a sudden you're just like doing another activity. Uh, mm-hmm. and as do you, you get to get back in your ship to get there? You do. Yeah. Okay. So you'll go back reloaded. to your loading okay. ship, you land in the next activity, and as you defeat enemies, they they essentially drop gear that is on average slightly better than the gear you have. And that's just mm-hmm. always true. And mm-hmm. the enemies also scale to match you. So no matter how good your gear is, the game just kind of stays the same. And you keep doing this and your power level is is tied to the gear that you're wearing, right? So essentially, literally like what this commander said is true, which he's like, you just need to do basically random activities until your power level reaches 770. Mm-hmm. When your power level reaches 770, you get access to a new type of activity. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was weird. It was like, and it, it's so interesting because the world was so cool, right? I mean, like they built all this stuff. This is how I felt playing Dauntless. Okay, it's the same thing. Which They're just I, like which I hate. do activities. All right, so so yeah. it just it was because I, I was talking to you guys about. It. I can't mm-hmm. remember talking about the podcast or not, but but I left feeling like I had played a vacuous, soulless game experience. You were robbed. It was just like it had like everything, like the production, like everything. The production value was there, but and like and the game mechanics were potentially there, right? Like, but then the story was. Nothing. Basically the way they presented it nothing. (laughs) And then the reason, like as you're describing, the rationale for doing things was literally just you're killing monsters. That's it. Do activities. (laughs) Just kill monsters. Well that was the the nakedness of it was what was just shocking to Seth and I because even you know he was like, do activities and and, you know, you'd think in a think in a game that that the activities would be something. They would explain for them. But literally one of the activities was was like punch ten enemies. Right. Oh, yeah. This is right. another thing. Yeah. And they even have like, – they So they're they more have like crafting. achievements. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. feel like achievements. So yeah. like they have crafting. Like there's a gunsmith. You talk to the gunsmith and he's like, I, I can build you a gun. Like I need you to bring me materials. How do you get the materials? You don't go out in the world and find them. You don't like harvest you just them. punch them out of enemies? Yeah. He, no. He'll, he'll give you a mission. He'll be like, if you punch 10 enemies in the face, I'll give you this gun piece. Mm-hmm. And, like that's how you get the materials and to then, then give back to him <laughs> to make you the gun. Uh, and so – so I, I, did, yeah, some, just, I just did some reading making. on this because yeah. I was like, this is not the same game that I played a year and a half ago. Mm. It was a very different experience back then. So apparently what happened was they switched it to a free-to-play game. right? Um, and this then brought in these waves of free players. Newbies. Right. And in the era of Fortnite and other like instant access free-to-play games where you just drop in and you're just the hero of the realm and you can kind of already do all the things – a game like destiny where at, at the time you had to level up up to level 20. You were basically terrible at the beginning. You had no abilities except for you just your, your pistol or whatever. Mm-hmm. You had to find your gear. You had to go through all the story quests and learn about the world. Like they, like all that stuff you said, like it seemed like there was a reason for all those things because there used to be right? the tutorial <laughs> felt good where it was mm-hmm. like it put you in a place. And then we were slowly sort of encountering enemies. There was a guy talking to me. He was like, turning lights on and stuff. We find the ship. We like fight a tank. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, well, "What happened?" Because now you're just on your own doing activities. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and so, so essentially, they they switched it from a story-driven uh, progression model to a season pass model, where you start at max level. So you just start at level 20. Oh, that's why we got the achievement for hitting level 20. Yeah, as soon as you start playing the oh. game, you get an <laughs> oh. achievement. Yeah, so they just they just I like so skipped confused. the whole thing. Um, and, and so this is—they is, is, they literally just cut the first twenty levels out of the game. They raid. just cut the like, entire the is that entire why story you, out. Is that why your gear score starts at seven hundred? Yeah, because normally you'd start at nothing, right? Because you would start with oh, no gear. Interesting. Yeah, so you, so you start at seven seven fifty, and then you can get up to like nine hundred or something, and then you can do raids, which then you just you know get more gear. Uh, yeah, so essentially, like they cut out all the narrative, and they just made it only about the loops. It's mm. kind of an interesting. Uh, I don't know. Wh- I don't know why they did that. But- it's, well, it's interesting because I think one of the core competitive edges that they have sitting there is how interesting and cool that the world is yeah. built. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> weird to be like, we're just going to skip that. Maybe, maybe it actually just wasn't competitive. On the other hand, if you maybe, yeah, but it, but it depends on how you're trying to sell a game, right? If you're if you're in that. Games as a service live ops model where the game has to continue to actually try to make even more money, you know, month over month and so on, right? It's got to show growth. It's got to show growth and so on. Then, then under that model, you have to keep on changing things so much to try to like keep up with the fact that people are always trying to find other stuff to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think it's kind of inevitable that you do you, you think move maybe just it sits uncomfortably between like a session based game. So something like Fortnite or League where you have these matches, right? It's like sitting uncomfortably between a session-based game and like a full-fledged like RPG MMO Well, thing, I, I or think it, the- it suffers from the same exact kinds of problems that you see in World of Warcraft. Like in, in World of Warcraft, you get a – like as you play the game or when you, when you buy the expansion, you get a character boost. What does a character boost do? It lets you skip literally the whole game except for the last 10 right. levels. Um, so all of a sudden you're level 110. You got all your abilities. You got everything. You don't know anything of why you're there. You, like So this is the exact same kind of experience. Dislocation. Yeah, and and this is essentially what you see with a lot of these games that have been around for quite a long time that are that are sort of like starved for new players because the new player experience in an MMO that's been out for a long time is essentially being alone because all the existing yeah, players like, are at max level. They're all doing max right. level stuff. And so so your option is either like, just let that be the case, uh, or let all the new players just skip all the old shit and jump right to the to the end. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody find actually like a good solution. You really need cohorts, you know, because you know? like cause there's always a str- trickle of people coming in. Yeah, it's just not sort of in the later stage of a of a game like that. It's just not. Nearly as many as there are people in the later stages. Well, and this is where I think I think experiments like classic WoW are really interesting because essentially what it is is it's a it's a reset. And like um, mm-hmm. old school RuneScape did this where it's like all of a sudden everybody's starting again. Yeah. And this is something that I I've been uh reading about Eve Online because Eve Online is suffering from lots of stagnation as well. The existing player base is like they all have like all of the best ships in the game. There's trillions of these yeah, crazy yeah. ships. Uh, all the politics have have stagnated. nothing is changing, and the game is sort well, of power gone. dynamics gets stuck right? yeah. yeah and so the the game the players have gotten increasingly risk averse because they have more and more expensive ships, and yeah. everything stagnates, and so yeah. I keep thinking, like, what if they just launched a new server? yeah just cool. a totally new server well, to so say, I knew there are some there are some free to play games in the east, I know that I think, I think from a couple of years ago we were talking about that um, that do of the do resets, like full resets every month or something like that for everyone at the same time yeah well this is kind of, no of like, matter, like even the uh, like diablo a ladder yeah concept, yeah right? and yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of wondering like what if there was like a two-year you know ladder like a two-year mm-hmm. not, not not even a reset but just like a, a relaunch of like a new server or something like right. that i mean it depends on the scale of the game right because if you're talking of warcraft the amount of content in there today if it's, you actually experience all of it mm-hmm. is so fucking enormous that you could do on the order of like a two-year reset like you really could right and The most hardcore players would barely get to the <laughs> end. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think this is kind of an interesting, you know, games as a, the games as a service concept is still relatively new. Yeah, you know, so so something like uh, like MMOs were sort of the original games as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see the ones that are still around are like really sort of buckling under their own weight because they've been around for long enough and the new player experience is terrible. They don't know what to do. And so what I'm I'm kind of suspecting is that over the next few years, you're going to start to see a lot more weird experimentation around how to re- revive these games. So yeah, the more we're, things we're kind of like to. what happened with Classic WoW, you know. Or what happened with Destiny 2. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which that one maybe didn't pan out as but as it, 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 might, it, it I mean, might have from a business perspective. They did. I mean, they were have. They were the top – uh, I think in the Steam charts, they were like three of the 10 top spots. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but interestingly, <laughs> so you know, they, like, they have a, like a 75% positive on Steam. So like it's, you know, it's yeah. not hitting everybody well. Right. But um, it's also not, it's not hitting in the mixed, you know, category yeah. either, right? Yeah. So. It's still in the positive. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, anyway, it's just a very interesting experience. If, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a free game. So go check it out. And just see what the we're talking the about. the gameplay it was still super fun. Like it was very fun to shoot people and do all the cool stuff that you get to do in there. But um like the gunplay is just awesome. Yeah. The effects are great. The visuals are great. Yeah. No I was display. just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Go do your activities. Go do your activities. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all right. Well, let's, uh let's go to some questions. These questions come from listeners over at podcast.beescotch.net. Highest upvoted question comes from Chalosis. Do any of you still have a mentor? Do you have a mentee? How do you find a mentor slash mentee in games? Mm, I asked this question to an industry leader. In 2000. In 2000, Thirteen in Austin, Texas, uh, which was basically exactly the same question, which is, "Hey, how do we? You know, we're in we're in St. Louis from the Midwest. How do we find a mentor, uh, or just you know, really pair it up with some studios who can help us out in some ways?" And the response that he gave, which immediately made me not think anything of him forever <laughs> afterward, uh, was was move out of St. Louis. Yeah, just leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought. How about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> uh, it was the dumbest response to one of those questions I've ever had. Um, I'm not gonna say his name someday. <laughs> you know, I'm still mad about it. I, I mean, see. you still could. What difference would it make? You know, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it was it was weird because so that was it was in that moment like I got to stand up to a, at the mic and ask a question to this person who you know has all this experience and stuff like that. And so I felt like you know maybe this to be one of these things, but didn't didn't pan out that way. Um, so, instead of giving you actual concrete actionable advice, yeah. he was just like don 't live where you live yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. yeah move to, uh, move to san francisco i think as as far as finding mentors, whether it 's in games or just in anywhere uh, i think there 's there 's really two pieces to it, so one is is being the sort of person who 's clearly just very hungry and listening that 's sort of the requirement number one, because people who have uh, who, who you want to be your mentor do not have time for someone who is not hungry who's gonna and going to waste it. Yeah. So that means when you show up to meetings with anyone, um, you bring a notebook. When they say something that is of interest or tell you to read a book, you write that down in front of them. Now, if you go read it or not, that's a different thing. And you should. But the important thing is that they saw that you were serious enough about this to listen to them and write something down. Um, because basically what that, what that shows is that you're, you're actually respecting their expertise and their time, right? So I think that's, that's sort of the big first piece. And then the second one um, is to be, to be doing stuff that is clearly putting you on a trajectory that is good, right? So uh, if, for example, if you, like, if you want to get into – like if you have a specific focus of doing games or doing VR and games or 2D games or whatever else, um, you want to talk to the people who are in that same sort of area – and then be able to demonstrate where you're at and where you're trying to go, if that makes sense. So especially if you can, if you can show – if you can basically plot some growth along those lines for them. We can say, yeah, so you know, I started last year. been working on all this stuff. Here's sort of my – the things I've been working on. Um, and I'd really like to get your opinion on blah. Very specific questions um, really, really help to make that whole thing go. Because the reality is like mentors choose their mentees. It does not go the other way around. Um, and it's also something that just happens on accident. And so you can't just get one. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but like, get a, just get a mentor. Yeah, you can't just get one because it's actually opted in from the other side, right? But but you but it that's not a com- you could set up that's the true, but not completely true. Yeah, right? because a mentor isn't out looking for a mentee. That's I what I mean. Right? Yeah, a mentor. So I mean, I, I think the real question here is like, why would somebody mentor someone? Yes, yeah, like you, you need to understand the answer to that question before you go seeking a mentor because uh, if you're only thinking about it from your own perspective, like, what can I get? From this person, yes. you know, yeah. um, then you're you're kind of gonna have a bad time because you got to understand that actually being a being a mentor is uh, usually it's it's hit or miss and usually it's miss, mm-hmm. right? Because if if uh, if you take somebody under your wing and they and they uh, end up like turns out maybe they're not interested in the thing or maybe they want to go a different direction or maybe they just don't actually put in the time or energy, right? That's what usually happens, um, and so so. If somebody's seeking to teach somebody, you have to ask yourself like, why would somebody do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think it's it's partially because like they're really passionate about the the subject, yeah. but also because it's an investment for them in the long term for them to learn more about the subject and also to create peers. Yeah, you know. Well, there's also, there's also giving back. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's about yeah, it's really about giving back. I think because it's like when you when you have enough knowledge to be able to share it and have it mean something to someone else. Um, it's just really fun. It's really fun to be a part of people's uh, – when people look back on their own career trajectory to be a part of that, right? Whether it was the case that the mentee you had was like, oh, I actually don't care about games anymore. But you can still be like a mentee just – Yeah. Well, know. yeah. I, th- I think it's more of like – it's about giving back but in the sense that, that whenever – if you give – it's a gift, right? Mentorship mm-hmm. is. Like, yeah. If somebody gives you something and then you just throw it on the ground – they're going to be like, well, fuck you, buddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and that's basically the way to think about it, which is like, this person has literally sacrificed hours, of, or or even weeks, or whatever, of their life to try to teach you something for no specific gain o- on their end, yeah. right? Um, and if you if you don't respect that, and if you don't really act on it and appreciate it, then like you can be guaranteed that that relationship is just going to evaporate yeah. um, very quickly. So yeah, so I think the, the most the way to make it likely to actually happen is just to be is to just show that you're listening and be super responsive to those things so you know if if you manage to get a meeting with someone if you talk about a bunch of things in the meeting immediately after the meeting send them a follow-up email that lists all of, you know like talks about whatever you need to talk about and you know say thanks for for your time don't wait five days to do it like it's not like a cute like we're not playing games we're not dating um the person does not care um we right. need to show <laughs> that you're there like on that side right yeah i'm also really glad i'm not dating yeah, sort of a side note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blame the modern names. dating scene just seems like an utter nightmare because you does. gotta you gotta increase your power level That's on right, Tinder yeah. so that you can do all <laughs> the activities or whatever. Know, yeah, that might be a lot more more might more be more palatable than what it was like in the past too. I don't actually just aimless know. wandering. Yeah, aimless wandering and hoping yeah, uh, to meet somebody. I don't know. Can't even use that because we didn't even. We haven't touched any of the modern day. Yeah. I know. Yeah, None of yeah. those tenders. So I'm so relieved. <laughs> so relieved. Uh, but, but the question of basically whether we have mentors and mentees, Um I have neither of those two things, I guess, is mm. the short of it. And I'm generally seeking peers. Yep. And I have not had anybody – I have a lot of people reach out to ask for sort of like one-off advice or you know, that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't call that mentorship. Um, That's just like – that's just somebody seeking advice and that's – to me, mentorship is a longer term kind of a thing. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be sort of you know Facebook official, <laughs> right? right? But it's a, it's a longer term kind of a, kind of a thing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, basically, there's never been anybody who has come to me uh, for advice who then like – then stuck around, right? right. And like <laughs> – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, oftentimes people come, come for advice are looking for a silver bullet. And yes. usually the answer is like, this is a lot harder than you think. And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, right. shit. And then they just kind of slink yep. away into yep. the shadows. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if I'm – so I do have a mentor um, who got me into design and then I built websites for him. And that sort of spun into my broader uh, game development career. And I'm still – like we still meet up probably every every eight weeks or so now. Um, but it used to be – the funny thing was it used to be very frequent. It was like every two or three weeks we'd go get coffee and we'd talk for five hours. It was literally, it's like we would just talk for five hours every single time. Um, And we still do that whenever we meet up, but we've transitioned in an interesting way from being a mentor-mentee relationship to being more of a peer relationship. Um, Because I've, I so purposely ingested all of the lessons that he gave as rapidly as I could. And then also he started his own business recently. And so I suddenly had stuff to talk to him about that he didn't.
1: No right? We thought about yeah.
0: So we just suddenly entered into like a really good peer friendship sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I still view him as a mentor, but um, but it's a it's the power of dynamic is very it's a little different more two directional now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say probably the closest thing I had to mentor was my finance professor from from college. But I mean, like his job was to teach me, and he was already being being paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was it was mostly just the case that that actually like because I declared my finance major a semester before I graduated I just had to take all the high level finance classes all at once and he was the professor for all of them mm-hmm. so essentially like I just had I was just spending all day every day with this Hang one professor and this guy didn't take shit from anybody and was very sharp and just and he called out bullshit just on the spot immediately and like as a college student you I'd say you, most of what you learn is how to bullshit yes you know yeah. and this was the first time that that somebody wouldn't Accepted, and <laughs> made me actually learn things and, and yeah, had explain a, my views. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate that I that I had a good, solid fraction of my professors were not necessarily like aggressively like that, but still wouldn't take bullshit. You know, so if, so so I I had to learn more than I ever had because like my you my, my, my first step, it was like you know my first term in college I was like you know writing papers or like doing problem sets or whatever. And doing my normal, like, oh, I can, like, I'm smart enough, I can kind of bullshit my uh-huh, way through this. Uh-huh. And the end, they were just like, we just, they, were, it was basically, we see what you're doing, and this is not sufficient. Right? <laughs> it, it was effectively, what it is. Yeah. And, and like, that's, that's yeah, I didn't get that call out to like my junior year of college. Yeah, it's an important call out, definitely. Yeah, it is, um, and and I think that that kind of a of a like an honest relationship is part of what you need um, yeah. if you're going to have somebody as in a mentorship sort of position. Mm. Um, all right, well, let's get on to the next question. Fly Hoppy Axe Rampa asks. Using your knowledge of what a walkie-talkie is, can mm. you guess what these are? Licky-sticky, hearty sturdy, fuzzy-buzzy, maybe-baby, stabby-grabby, and screamy-dreamy. <laughs> All right. Let's All right, start right. Okay. right. Yeah, Licky-sticky. A licky- So walk, let's, let's go to the etymology of walkie-talkie yep. here. You, you can walk, talkie, walk and, you can, you know, and you can talk while yeah, you're Very music. straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- You walk around talking. walkie talkie You can talk to people who are also walking and talking. Yes. It's really- it's, it's like, yeah, so I guess it's, actually, it's two just verbs that are happening. Yeah. It's basically what are the verbs associated with this product? Yeah. Right. Okay, right. But it can so be got, any product. Now we got licky sticky. That was the first one, right? Yeah. Because so if you, you follow you, the same gotta idea. It's got to be verby still. Right? Well, if you follow the same idea, you can lick and you can stick while. Stamps. That's a stamp. It's, it's a, a fucking It's a licky sticky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, next. <laughs> hearty starty. Obviously a defibrillator. Yep. It's going to yep. start your hearty. Yeah. Hearty. Okay. Is it hearty or hearty? Hearty. Hearty-starty. Uh, hearty starty. Yeah, it's obviously defibrillating. Obviously defibrillating. Kind of, kind of or just a vigorous right, punch so. to the chest. <laughs> that, I think that's a hearty stopping. It's a hearty stopping. Yeah. Well, it depends. If your heart stopped, <laughs> it might be starty, it's it's a starty. It's a heart toggly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if your heart stopped, it'll start. It. If it started, it'll hearty stop. Uh, hearty Fuzzy, Fuzzy-buzzy. That. Fu- a f- a, f- that would be a B. Buzzy. That's a B. Ooh, that's a B. Well, so the question is, does it fuzzes? It fuzzes. So, yeah, we're losing. That's what I'm saying. We're losing the verb verb pattern. So that would be a, that would be a B if it was like an adjective noun situation, right? Yeah, but, but if the question verb, is, if it's verb verb. Ooh, so then what, it's one of those. Well, it's, it's not always verb uh, verb, right? Because like hearty sturdy, like heart is not a verb. And it's never going to be a verb. I heart you. That's the thing people say. Yeah, a, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so if you love, strong. it's you. It you love someone, it's loving. So mm-hmm. a hearty sturdy is a first date, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. There you go. Okay, here's. I think we're on the right train now. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we got to got to put them into the verbs. All so right. fuzzy Fuzzy-buzzy. Fuzzy buzz. Fuzzy, well, buzz. buzz. Okay, no. Buzz is the verb, though. I mean, it's it is a verb, but you can that's also fuzz way. a thing, right? How do you fuzz something? You just like like if you if you rub wool against itself, it gets all pilly and fuzzy, you know? Okay, what about because there are those are those those clothes shavers? No, you know clothes shavers that you shave pillows and oh, yes. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it could be one fuck? of those. But also, the fuzz is the police, right? Mm. So a fuzzy buzzy could be being tased. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a taser. That's a taser. <laughs> that's a taser. Yeah. Fuzzy okay. Fuzzy buzzy. Yeah. There you go. Uh, maybe yeah. baby. Ooh, okay. A maybe a baby. A maybe, uh, maybe baby. Ooh, one of those Two creepy verbs. fucking dolls that is like, you look at it and you don't know if it's a real baby or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, C- well, okay, but, but if we go back to the verbs thing. <laughs> okay. So to baby something, right? We like to cuddle yeah, up yeah, on yeah, it to right. sort of coddle it, right? How do you maybe something? How do you maybe something? This one doesn't follow the format. No, it's a hard one. Yeah. Maybe. I'm in agreement that it's something where you can't quite tell if it's a baby or not. So just a- It's a, maybe It's baby. basically a doll. It's a, a creepy, creepy, doll. creepy doll A doll from the only viewed from a distance, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once it gets close, it's definitely not a baby baby anymore. Mm-hmm. You know it's a baby or it's not. So yep. hopefully. All right. Stabby grabby. All right. Two verbs. Stabby. Uh-huh. That's I you mean, can stab while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Thing, Stabby grabby. And you can grab while you're doing or is, is to- I think this is a mugging. This <laughs> is <laughs> not a mugging. I think this is a mugging. That's true. I mean, I think it is a buggy. Um, yeah. You got to get stabbed but and then they're going to take the question is like if you It's you're... like a knife handle, you know? It's yeah. Like yeah, that's what grabby. it is. It's a stabby grabby. It's like a knife handle. Oh, a knife. Cuz you stab while you're holding it. Yeah. Right. Which makes it a knife it's handle. A stabby grabby. Or just a knife. But yeah. It's a right. Oh, yeah, cuz you got to grab it before yeah. you can stab. Or maybe it's one of those those like uh kind of like those those knuckle things that have the blades on them, you know? You know those things? Oh, yeah. Like a brass knuckle. Like a brass knuckle with, a blade with knives. On <laughs> Stabby, grabby, Wolverine, bra- brass knuckles. Yeah. All right. Last one. Screamy, dreamy. Clearly a nightmare. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> screamy, dreamy. Not... Here's a question. What what can you, yeah, is it a nightmare? What can you scream about while dreaming about? It? would be a nightmare. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. All right. So, licky, licky, sticky. Stamp. A stamp. Hardy, starty. It's first date. Mm-hmm. Buzzy, <laughs> buzzy. Being tased by the police. <laughs> Maybe, baby. A creepy doll viewed from a distance. Uh-huh. Stabby, grabby. A knife sense yeah and screamy it. dreamy a nightmare mm-hmm. there you go there's some new words that you can feel I'm free to use or, thing or a screamy dreamy could also be a pop star Ah, uh, yes yeah. could also could justin also bieber he's a screamy dreamy <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you see him and you're just like wow yeah someone who looks so good that you literally scream you just scream when you see them. luck's on you if you got a hearty starty with a screamy dreamy you know what i'm saying that's right it's it's, good hopefully it doesn't involve into a, a fuzzy buzz. <laughs>
1: There's a hilarious
0: sort of – okay. So Uh, when you get a whole bunch of people together uh, and they're looking at a person, a famous person, right? It is acceptable for them all to be screaming. (laughs) If you get one person (laughs) looking at that person, Mm -hmm. is it still acceptable to be screaming? It depends depends on the distance. Yeah, it depends on the distance how famous they are. If you see them from a long ways away and you start screaming, that's okay. If you're shaking hands with them (laughs) (laughs) and you start screaming. That really uh, adds a weird edge to the it answer. Does add, it does add something. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next question from CDC Moley. Hey! Yeah. What's up? With Seth streaming on weekends and stuff, would you ever consider publishing smaller, quick side projects like what he is working on under the Beescotch company name while still developing the larger games primarily? Nope. No, because launching them takes as much energy. We could publish them in that we put them on stuff. Yeah, we could publish them in that we could put if them on it. Yeah, Basically like what we used to do with things like Extreme Burger Defense, yeah. which was like make the game and then just, quote, put it out there. <laughs> right. um, the, historically, that has led to, for free games, up to – I think Roid Rage was the only one that actually did okay. I think they got like 25,000 downloads. I think got like 50,000 downloads. Uh, uh, eventually. It did very well, yeah. yeah. Not, um, no, not the original though. Yeah. Yeah. The, the original, original the Roid rage? rage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went back and polished it up because we we're not like, oh, people are playing. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we actually like every week we would on a Monday make a game and release it. We did this for five weeks, yeah. so we made five games and put them out. So we had like ex- Freeway Mutant, Extreme Burger Defense. Um, I think each of those games made like ten or twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not worth. Yeah, because the, the, the problem is not having the games. The problem is getting people to know about them. Yeah, and that takes a huge amount of time and energy. Yeah. Um, so. Well, the next problem as is cool as, as soon that as is, you've officially published a thing, you're now responsible for maintaining it. Yeah. So, you know. So that sucks. Unless you don't. Unless you're just like, <laughs> nah. don't. Which I think, frankly, that's fine. Yeah. You know? I think well, Google that's the value be, of putting it up on, like, itch or just making the, the repo available or whatever, right? Is that now you can say, hey, this is, like, if you want it, it's there, but this is your problem. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe when I switch to working on my space game on stream, then I'll, I'll put that on, on Google Play. Early, mm-hmm. early access. You should you know. also well, – it would be cool to show people how you actually go through that. You can show them the back end, right? Uh, Google, Play? Uh, Google Play probably because anybody be can get cool. access to it. Yeah, that would be kind of cool actually. If you could show we'll be able them the to Steam back end. How that works. Yeah, maybe. Think about it. Yeah. You could also hook up – I'll put it on Steam. Hook up the – That's where all the indies are these days. <laughs> the uh, the Twitch <laughs> chat API to the game as you're developing it so that while you're working on the game, Ooh, something – is happening you know something happens i have literally never heard a good idea about <laughs> about integrating Sorry. the twitch api yeah i still haven't either a game. they're all neat they're all you'll be like yeah people in the chat can like throw enemies on you it's like why why, why is that, that is good? good so i'm just gonna be murdered by a mob of zombies every time i try to play this yeah, game you know. yeah so the only time I'm going to have a good time playing this game is if nobody's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the only time I can win. Which luckily if you're a Twitch streamer, you know, it is almost definitely the case. Probably the case. Yeah. yeah. Cuz it's hard to get people to watch you on there too. Yep. Yeah. Now I have heard some cool things about like possible really sophisticated stuff when cuz they've talked about like the Twitch API having not just video but also like programmatic UI elements on it. Yeah, you can have an overlay. You can have an yes. overlay. So you could like mouse over a Hearthstone card and it would like show you the what the card is, but only you. Nobody else it wouldn't be a part of the video. Mm-hmm. It would just be like something you saw. That's cool. But having having a mob control elements of a game seems to <laughs> only really work when it's just the mob doing it. Like Twitch plays Pokemon Which kind is of a amazing. thing. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but uh, maybe we're old. We're maybe just, we're just too old. Yeah. Old man shakes fist at Cloud. <laughs> Uh, Next question comes from Astro Beef. In the podcast, the idea that nothing matters is often brought up. Sorry about (laughs) that. Uh, I was was thinking about the randomness of the universe. Sometimes Mm. good people die and bad people prosper. How much does morality matter when nothing matters? Is morality the only thing that matters? Can you spin this idea into the game design process? Morality. We'll we'll maybe get to that last part of the question. First question is – who cares? Yeah, morality really. does matter because, of course, you live in a group society. You live in a society. Yeah. You're by yourself. And you, I mean, whatever. Yeah, you just do like, whatever you want. If you're just an asshole, then, you're you know, just, that's just what you do. You're going go, to have a bad time, and so is everybody else. And you mm-hmm. only get one time. Yeah. So maybe you just know, don't, be don't an make asshole. it a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Have a good one, which is really what morality comes down to, is just whether or not you're being an asshole. Yep. So just, I think I think Jesus said that. You know? <laughs> That is mm-hmm. – I'm pretty sure every – Jesus was like, hey, hey, hey. Come hey. on. Don't be a dick. Yep. Come on. Every major Also, said the Buddha said it. Said it. Yeah. Yep. Everybody, everybody said, every said it. One of them. Um, yeah. So I guess as it relates to like does it matter – when we say things don't matter, we tend to be talking about the difficulty of being able to tell that one of your actions causes a consequence basically. Yes. It tends to be what we're talking about. It's, it's not, not that it didn't matter necessarily. In the, in the sentimental sense – Yes, that's, uh, that's a different concept entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also, well, maybe, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> well, well, it depends on you. Uh, you could take this in any direction you want, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you could say, like, well, I want to leave behind a legacy, so like, I'm gonna have kids, right. right? And that's something that you might view as, or I'm going to salt the earth because I would also leave just a like legacy. burn everything down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's also a way to leave a legacy, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in both cases, on a long enough time scale, neither of those things really matters, mm-hmm. right? So if I think back like, hey, who? what's the name of our great-great-grandfather? Yeah, I don't know. No, literally no idea. Mm-hmm. Don't know where he was, who he was, what he did, mm-hmm. what his interests were. Don't know. I'm here because he lived. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but also like if I wasn't here, the world would probably be fine too. <laughs> well, you, <gotta laughs> consider- you wouldn't know any different. I wouldn't know any different. consider time scale, all these things, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because uh, you can do things that matter sort of in the moment and that will will matter for a while, but once you once you really start like forecasting But, but you're talking now about things that matter to to like society at large. Yeah. Right. It's not quite morality, right? Which is, but there's also which is whether or not things matter to you. Whether or not things matter generally. Yeah. Um Yeah. yeah. And and I think yeah, I guess mat- mattering, which is becoming a very weird word, the more it we is, say, it. right. is it's is, a, up for interpretation. Well, no, it's it's a relative concept, right? Because yeah. because things can matter to you and to others and to mm. history and to mm-hmm. all this other kind of stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you should be always d- be doing things that matter to you. Yeah, but you cannot control whether they matter to other people. Yeah, which is more so. I think what we are talking about when we say when we say something like you do everything because because everything nothing matters and everything matters It's sort of like. Yeah, combination of things, which is basically just saying you you are only able to do the things, but you can't tell if – if you can't make those matter for other people, I guess, right? That's Well, no, it's that they may or may not matter for other people. You have no idea. Correct. So you just do it anyway and hope for the best, which honestly is also just what real life looks like when you're talking about anything but mattering to yourself. As soon as you're talking about mattering mm-hmm. to other people, uh, that's all pretty just hit or miss. Yeah. You know? Well, your success, success is determined by other people is sort of the truth of it, right? I mean like you can't be successful – What would it mean to be successful solo? I mean if you go – if you like – if what you really want to do is have a fucking cabin out in the woods and be a good hunter Mm -hmm. and talk to nobody, you could be successful doing that. You could. You could also invent a sport that nobody else plays except for you and you could be the best in the world at it. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's – you know, that's also an option. But the point is like what does that that success mean? Well, I think success is the same idea as matter. It's relative. Which is that it's it's always relative to to some number or subset of people, right? right? Uh, And so there isn't – this is the problem with something like morality, or does a thing matter, or or uh, is something successful, or whatever. That's you have to define your damn terms, you know. because right. so, so yeah. yeah. those, those like, words don't mean anything. Right. So in this case, yeah, something mattering is the fuck does that is absolutely un- indeterminable, right? Because like you, you like you said, you need to say you need to say what it means for something to matter, and then decide from yeah. there. Yeah. So is yeah. so something mattering to you on a personal level, maybe on a local level? That's why I mean a lot. A lot of people talk about. And what does it even mean? Like if something matters to you, does it mean like you get upset about it Mm -hmm. or that you think about it a lot or you, or or you spend a lot of time wishing you were doing that thing, but not doing it at all (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Like, what does it mean? (laughs) You you need to do something that matters. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? To me, this this (laughs) is like like the idea of freedom, you know, that Americans are always throwing around, Uh right? They're always talking about freedom and how we're free. And like, people are fighting for freedom and all this like freedom, freedom, freedom. Uh, But every time that word is being used, it means a slightly different thing. It means thing. something slightly different yeah. every single time because again, the word the word itself doesn't matter. People get hung up on on these things. My understanding of American freedom is that you've got 93 flavors of yogurt to choose from. That's kind of but you're going to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you're going <laughs> to pay for the yogurt no matter what. You, you know, see, you got 93 flavors that are s- largely not meaningfully different. Mm-hmm. That are overpriced. Yeah. That's the American dream. There it is. And they all really are just sugar bombs. That's the American yogurt. And, gonna, and the, the end result is you die. You die <laughs> from all that yogurt. Mm. Uh, so did that matter? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a tricky one, because I think you're right. It's just you can't how do you talk about it? I don't think we I don't think we have the equipment to discuss. Well, no, we, any, anytime know. you're using a vague word that everybody has, everybody believes they know what it means, saying, but nobody they're... has actually drilled down. Well, people have like it's, No, no. But I mean have... like individual people. Like. Yeah. So yeah, sure. Philosophers have yeah. done it. Right. But any two people, we all believe we know what things like freedom and love and mm-hmm. morality. Like, we all believe we know what those things mean. Right. Or, or being religious or belief or whatever. Right? We we all think we know what those things mean. But the moment you sit down with any other human being on the fucking planet, and mm-hmm. you try to have a conversation about any of those topics, you're not you're not using those words the same way. Yeah, you just literally aren't. Well, the first step is to define it. What I'm saying yeah. is, like, I don't believe at this time that I have the definition at the ready to be I mean, able yeah, to this discuss this is a philosophical a Yeah, yeah, because I don't think I know what but I. We, would but be here's talking. the thing: we don't need to because there are philosophers who have done that. So you can That's just go, not our job. It's not our job. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to make video games, you know? But We're here yeah. to do something that matters,
1: okay? Yeah. We're making video games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we did, we did have a conversation in the past about the question of like, uh, of going into making games and using your skills and talents for that as opposed to being a doctor or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Or an astronaut. Right. And and whether or not, whether or not you have an obligation to use those skills in a mm-hmm. way that matters. <laughs> there it is again, uh, and, and I think where we landed on that was basically like, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, like it doesn't matter if you're an astronaut or a video game developer. Like as long as what you're doing is something that you give a shit about, that's all mm-hmm. you can really kind of say at the end of It needs of the day. to matter to you and you need to find a group of people that it matters to. Yeah. And if you can meet those two things together, you're good to go. And ideally, you're not also an asshole. Yes. Because unfortunately, you can do things that matter to other people and be an asshole. Correct. And the thing that you're doing is horrible, and mm-hmm. all the assholes love it. But I, mm-hmm. I also think that it, <laughs> it's less and less likely that, for example, you're going to get to space if you're an asshole, because people need to put you there. Yeah, you know, like people but, need to vouch who, for you. But what if it's assholes who are putting you there? Mm. But they had to get somewhere too. Like they had to get to the position. But the thing is, if it all started it might with be assholes, assholes all the way up, exactly. I don't know. It's like a turtle's <laughs> it's it's exactly. assholes all the way down. I am skeptical though. I did see a hilarious comic the other day. Um. I can't remember who it was by, but it was this guy gets up to heaven and he asks, what's it, Peter, whoever's guarding the gates, he's like, did I waste my life making web comics for people? And it sounds like SNBC, probably. It was SNBC, it was a different one. Somebody, okay. And uh, Peter says, thousands of people read those comics. And then the guy's smiling in the next panel. He's like, you wasted thousands of people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean. I don't know, don't know. There's literally nothing you can do that isn't wasting your life. Well, or just well, using you just it. spending. I don't it. think it's wasting. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. going to be spent no matter what. That's what I'm saying. It's being spent. What do you mean by wasting? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like it's easy. It's it's easy yeah. for somebody to flippantly say, "Oh, you're wasting your time playing video games." Whatever. Right. What you should be doing is watching this TV show mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm watching. Or what you should be <laughs> doing is is reading climbing, fiction is, books. Yeah, or climbing mountains. Or putting hundred dollar work. Weeks Why and... would you do at the top of there? Come back down. Yeah. Well, but still. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, we're yeah. all just filling the time, you we'll know, fill the time. Yeah. But, uh, just don't so, so one last thought yeah. on the morality thing before we have to sign off is, uh, Radio Lab, the mm. NPR podcast, had an excellent episode called tit for tat. And it was about the prisoner's dilemma, which is basically, mm. uh, it's a question of behavior of like, if you're basically, if you're a good person, if you're a bad person, how does that kind of like pan out. pan out for you? And they had an interesting thing that happened. I believe it was in the 1980s where, where this, uh, this researcher was trying to determine like what is the actual optimal strategy in the prisoner's dilemma? Like if you were faced with the prisoner's dilemma a lot of times, just to recap, the prisoner's dilemma is a scenario where you have two people. You and your buddy. You and your buddy. You got caught doing crimes it fuzzy buzz, doing buddy crime. <laughs> you got fuzzy buzzed. You got fuzzy buzzed. <laughs> now you're After you stabby, grabby. <laughs> now you're in mm-hmm. two different interrogation rooms, and you cannot speak to each other. Okay. The cops, the fuzz, they come to you, mm-hmm. and they say, "We're gonna buzz you." They say, "All right, here's the deal: <laughs> if you, if you rat out your partner, uh, then and he says nothing, then you walk. Away. You walk free. Okay. If you both rat each other out, then you both get five years." And if he rats you out and you say nothing, you go to jail for 10 years. Okay. So it's basically like I thought it, no, I thought it was a way that if they if they both talked, then they got the reduced sentence. If they both say nothing, yeah. then oh yeah. I'm sorry, that's that's the fourth thing. If they both yeah. say nothing, then they right. both get six months. Okay. Yeah. So your option is like either either you're walking free, but that requires you throwing your partner in the bus. You both say nothing, you both get six months. You get told on. Uh, you get ten years, and you say nothing, or you're both telling each other, and you both. So basically, it's like: Do you harm the other person, or do you try to defend? Well, and the idea here is the optimal, the the obvious rational strategy here it's is for, to, both, people it's to say for both people to say nothing, because they don't know what the other person is going to do, but they both know that that's like that everything else is basically riskier, right? right. Because yeah. 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 So but what actually happens is not that. What usually happens is they both tell on each other because they think I don't know this person. I don't know if I can trust them. Yep. So I mean, we I, did just do a stabby grabby together. So We yeah. did a stabby grabby, we're which slightly means, bonded. But, we're, we're, but also we did a stabby grabby, yeah. which means like this person may not be the friendliest person mm-hmm. and they're probably going to mm-hmm. throw me under the bus. So I'm going to throw them under the bus and then they both end up with and then years. they both end up with 5 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's the the prisoner's dilemma. And so this researcher was like what's the best strategy so so he put out a call for various computer programmers to write programs that would that would act in the prisoner's dilemma and try to like basically win so essentially people would send in programs that had rules of how they would behave based on what the other person did in like a previous uh, so the now, trial. now they have memory basically what you're yeah so it's like all right if you if you're gonna do like if you're going to do this 200 times – So you stab a whole bunch of people. Uh Well, <laughs> 200 prisoners' dilemmas. Yeah. 200 <laughs> – 200, uh, you, you don't do the stabbing once maybe and then you run through mm-hmm. the scenario. I think right? you got to stab somebody each time. That's true. That's true work, yeah. Blood so they, they made robots that stab people and then they did the prisoners' dilemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and so, oh, no. so some of the programs were things like this thing just always throws the other person under the bus. You know, like that's just what the program does. Mm-hmm. The other program is like it just always says nothing, right? And then you had like elaborate ones that tried to predict what the other th- person was going to do based on their past behavior. Some of them were retaliatory, but the the one that that won in terms of like having the total total amount of jail time it had to spend being the lowest was the tit for tat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where basically it was like start by being nice. If the other person throws you under the bus, you throw them under the bus the next time, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you go nice. back to being nice, unless they throw you under the bus again, right? So it's essentially, like anytime somebody harms you, you, just give it right back to them and then go right back being, to being friendly. Which mm-hmm. is how society works. Tends yeah, to be. yeah, it is. You know, because there's like every, just about every culture has this like eye for an eye, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. concept. Um, and that turned out to be the winning strategy. And then they finally modified it one further, which was actually the the best strategy really is is to start by being nice and retaliate 90% of the time. So every now and then, just let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, maybe that could be your moral compass if you need one. (laughs) Get a a 10 sided die. Yeah. It's it's be nice, seek revenge. Seek revenge, but only keep it even. But roll a dice. Yeah. It's not two eyes for an eye, it's one eye for one eye. It's 90% of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 90% of the time, take one eye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so maybe just go with that if you need some guidance. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to the community Discord. a way for you to donate and links to the archives. Also, we will be uh, recording several episodes in advance because of various absences we have. So we're putting out a call for extra questions. If you've got any good questions. Also extra good questions. Extra questions, extra good questions. Mm -hmm. So get in there and get them in there. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.